Hey, it's Sebastian for the Metal Gods Meltdown, and I'm joined by... Uh, Nicky Smash, uh, lead singer of the Rocket Dolls. And uh, Benji Noffler, drums of the Rocket Dolls. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat to the Metal Gods Meltdown today. I want to congratulate you on the soon-to-be-released album, Deadhead. How are you feeling right now, as release date is just a few weeks away? Uh, we are feeling ecstatic, elated and relieved, because it's taken the best part of four years to make for certain little reasons and stuff. So just kind of frustrating the, the process of it all. But the fact that we've, you know, four years of kind of hard work and stuff, it's kind of like finally getting out there is kind of like we're very, very, yeah, we're very relieved and very happy and we hope that people like it. So, yeah. Well, it seems to be paying off because you've have had quite a lot of coverage with um, the bigger magazines like Classic Rock, haven't you? I mean, that must yeah. be really gratifying. That was crazy, man, that, because we were in that into, uh, the the track of the week and it was a vote thing. But, like, Richie Blackmore's, like, new Rainbow song um, was out there as well. And we are like, oh, man, we got no chance. But, amazingly, we came in at number one and he was at number two. <laughs> and so it's like, you know, it's amazing, you know, to be in with that anyway. But to kind of be a number one track of the week is... Man, that's very special. Yeah. yeah, it's absolutely amazing and awesome. It's well deserved as well. Thank you. You've released a few tracks already. What's the feedback been like from fans and media? Obviously, you've just touched on the part about classic rock, but what about the other tracks that you've released? Uh, the feedback's been really, really good because um, we haven't had any negative feedback, to be honest, which is a good thing. Um, a lot of people are vibing off the... Um, well, I've, I've had a few comments about the uh, harmonies People are digging the harmonies on the songs and stuff because on our first album there weren't really many, but on this album there's and the stuff we've put out so far, there's um there's a lot of hooks and harmonies going on and I think that's what a lot of people have picked up on. And so yeah, we've just got really good feedback and um, and it's mostly on kind of how kind of catchy it all is and how they're stuck the songs are stuck in people's heads, which is a good thing. Yeah man. Can you tell me which is your favourite track on the album today and why? Probably, do you know what? Um, probably the last thing in my mind is probably my favourite at the moment. Um, I think it's like around track, track five or six on the record. Um, it's it's the most diverse, different thing that we've ever done. And, um, you know, it's not even necessarily the subject matter. It's just the fact that it's such a different flavour, you know, and it's different. It's a different playing style. It's different sounds. And, you know, it's the first time we've experimented um not as a co-writer, but it's the first time we've had someone else input on the tune. We've had uh, Nick Evans from uh, Choposaurus uh, come in and he arranged all the strings arrangement and the, the piano parts and uh, some of the extra textures and, and layers within that song. And I think, you know, as, as, as me and Benji are both writers as well, being able to do that and then hear it back, the final thing, is, it's, it's amazing. And like every time I hear it, I, you know, it puts the hairs on end on, on, on my arms, you know what I mean? And um, we, for the first time ever, we were able to kind of rehearse it, actually. We were rehearsing that. We've just come from a six-hour rehearsal. And it's one of the standout ones that comes across live. So we are so excited about playing that live. But yeah, I think that for me, that's definitely my favourite at the moment. Yeah, and my, mine is actually, um, that would be my second favourite. Yeah, and my favourite would be one called Drowning because it's the only other song on the album where it's again it's the same guy, a guy called Nick Evans, 
who uh, arranged the string part since the only two songs on the album with, with strings on it. And it's very, very, it's, it's beautiful and uplifting, yet really dark and mm. evil at the same time. And yeah. um, so I love it. And it's, it's, it's interesting song for me to listen to anyway, because it's like usually a riff, a guitar riff would be the evil, nasty thing, and the chorus would be the uplifting, kind of melodic thing. But on Drowning, it's the other way around. Like the riff has the strings behind it, and it's really sort of epic y, sort of melancholy um, riff. But then the chorus is really, really evil. So it's kind of like it's the flip flop, and I find that really interesting. And it's quite gothy and quite epic, and it, which is kind of like un, kind of unlike us because we, we've got such a grunge kind of vibe to us. We always have done. Yeah. So it's kind of like that. And last thing on my mind, a very, very different and um, yeah, with the string element, it's just a different direction slightly. So yeah. Well, with Drowning, I mean, are there ideas to release that one next and do a video for that, maybe? Because it is like a epic song. Have you thought yeah. about that? Well, we're thinking, we're thinking about it because we we are we are planning the next video, so it's it's we are talking about which one. So it might just be. Yeah, it's funny because you know, when when you make when you obviously make the record, you go, yes, that's going to be a single. That is going to be like a fan favourite, as it were, or that's going to be more of a live track than maybe people would prefer to hear it live than on the record type of thing, you know, just songs uh -huh. have different flavours. And like, I actually thought, like, just backpedalling a bit, like, if none of this is right, I thought it would be a bit of a throwaway. Mm. But when that was finished, it was like, man, that's going to be the lead single. That's totally. Such, yeah. such a banger, you know, as people have said. And I'm like, man, when I was writing it, I didn't have that. It, you know, in in mind, and even when Benji was saying, like, man, when we were like creating it, it that was not the vibe. But now, when you hear it, it's like, how can you not play that? It's no, so, yes, it's, it's such a beast. <laughs> it's, a, it's a it's a real winner, you know. It's yeah, uh, and it's so fun to play too. Yeah, you know, it's... and um, yeah, with terms of like the next single, like we did have we have had a few in mind, but it's actually like, well, actually, I don't know. Maybe we'll see what kind of. What, what people are what people who have, who have already heard the record vibing and then maybe we can then take some inspiration from that and then see if we can reach more people by mm -hmm. doing something different we'll, we'll probably wait and see like when the when the album's actually out and then we get comments on you know what songs people like and if maybe the most positive ones will probably kind of lean towards and go ah shit, yeah, we, should actually, do, we should do a vid on that yeah we should do a vid for that it's yeah, kind of up in yeah. the air but we're kind of talking about we're definitely going to do another video yeah we're just kind of deciding which one so yeah i mean none of this is right it'd be one to sort of end a set wouldn't it i think do you know what i mean it just seems to be yeah. like the song to end just fucking get everyone dancing and that you know it's just, it's, it's wicked <laughs>
Right, the album is very intense and personal to yourselves. Like I said in my review, it's an ideal album for those that do struggle to express their feelings with some awesome kick-ass music as well. How important is it to you, guys, as a band, that people who are struggling with life's demons, addictions or whatever, can maybe get some hope from the tracks on Deadhead? Um, everything, really. You know, because, you know, everyone, whether it be a positive thing or a negative thing, has got that band or that record or even a song, you know, where they go, man, I fucking love this because it makes me feel X, Y, Z. Or they go, man, I love that record. You know, it always sends me, it always reminds me of the time when I was struggling, but it got me through that, you know. You know, so, I mean, obviously when you're writing stuff, you don't write it with that thought in, in hand. Uh-huh. Like me and Benji don't sit down and write and go, yeah, let's write a song where people can go, yeah, I need this album. Yeah. Or I don't, we don't come in, I don't write a riff and come up and go, this song needs to be like a stadium banger. Do you know what I mean? Like it doesn't, it doesn't happen that way. So they just kind of flow out of us, you know. Like we we're saying before, none of this is right. We thought it was just going to be a filler, but it turns out to be a beast. You know, like it's just one of those things. But in terms of like people relating to the material, the fact that people have, like, um, you had, you said some amazing kind words, and thank you very much for that on your review, dude. Um, very kind of you. And some other people have said the same thing, and you can't think, man. Even if it was just you and the other guy that wrote the review, that means everything to us, you know. But hopefully, more and more people um, do find something in it, you know. Because especially as well, like you know, me and or everyone in the band, me, Benji, and Joe. Uh, Joe obviously can't be here today. Um, you know, you know, we're advocates of you know, you know, especially males speaking up about mental health. Mm. It's a very important thing, and. You know, maybe it's just the timing's right where something like this record has that kind of underlining message and um, it has that underlying message. And as there's a big push for that at the moment, people can find that as an anchor to kind of, you know, latch themselves to and maybe help them out. And if they can, then that is fucking great. And it's uh, and not not in an unsincere way. You know, like if, if it can help one person, then that's fucking great. How would you best describe your music to any of your of our listeners who are currently unfamiliar with the Rocket Dolls? Mm, I would say because there's three of us, uh, less is more is a very, very uh, important thing. Less is more because we, we've been told live that it sounds like there's ten of us on stage even though there's three of us. <laughs> so it has to be, the tones have to be really good, grungy, groovy. Like everything, everything I do on drums is very old school because I grew up listening to a lot of blues drummers and stuff like that. So it's very groove orientated, like every song is. So it's not like tech metal or anything. It's just very, very simple play. We we play the biggest ego is the song. So we kind of like everything we do is is based around simplicity. So... It's simple, grooves a lot, big, passionate. big tones, passionate, you yeah. know, um, 
it's real, man. It's, 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 it's real. honest. It's just, no it's just, bullshit, yeah. Right, you know? It's just, it's, it's simple. It's got a, gr- it's groovy yeah. and it's grungy. Yeah, it's like it. grunge, grunge that grooves. Grunge grooves and melody. Cool. Yeah. Because the album cover is sort of like um, from the grunge era. I sort of feel. I mean, did you have much input into the cover or? Yeah, yeah you, absolutely. You, you came up with the idea. Uh, we, we both did really when we were doing it, you know, because um, it's kind of it's one of those like, accident, uh, happy accident things, where we had like an initial idea of like a uh, like the positive neck, almost like maybe taking like the inspiration of like the yin yang thing, not actual yin yang, but you know like bad evil, you know, and the transition between them, and I suppose like maybe subconsciously with the, a lot with the majority of the content on the record. Maybe that was what we were subconsciously thinking when we were designing it with uh, Sam Hales, who, who um, created it. And Benji actually took most of the lead with really kind of finalising bits and pieces. Yeah, it's very, very, it's very simple because it's like there's a dark half and a light half, and it was just you know whatever you're sort of going through. It's kind of like jump going. You're in the darkness, and you're just going through that and jumping into the light. It's you yeah. know, and yeah. that, and I think it has a lot of um, it, it, it kind of coincides with a lot of the songs on the album because there's like real dark nasty evil parts but then there's very very uplifting parts as well so yeah yeah it's just um a roller coaster of emotion yeah there really is man yeah <laughs> and of course you head out on tour soon is there anywhere you are most looking forward to playing live oh man do you know what we were thinking about this earlier we were thinking about this earlier and for me anyway it's every show because every town every city you go to you know I think especially as this happens in the UK because towns and cities are so different so quickly with such a short space. You know, the UK is tiny. It's like, you know, it, I mean, you go from here to Liverpool and the accent is crazy different, you know. Then you go to Liverpool to like Newcastle and the accent's different again, you know. So travelling around, there's like so many different feelings and vibes and, you know, with, with each city that you go to that, that kind of transcends through crowds, mm-hmm. you know, like we're just like little southerner dudes from Brighton, <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> you know, so um, when we get to play somewhere like Newcastle, for example, or like Edinburgh, Bannermans, you get like that culture with it as well and you get to experience that. So kind mm-hmm. of jumping around the UK and experiencing different cultures. But then at the same time, we like to do the same time we like to do a local show and it just like it just goes off yeah know? exactly you man know I mean? you so know like yeah we're playing like bar 42 in worthing which is like the second night and southampton's kind of just down the road and we're playing brian a month after tour uh-huh. you know and like they're going to be just just as nuts just as fun you know of course being a hometown but like they're going to be just as nuts uh-huh. <laughs> as any, on any of the others so it's so like you look forward to all of them man yeah i think, I think every every town has something special about it so yeah. every venue's different so. yeah that's it i would say every show yeah oh. uh, really yeah it's yeah. probably a boring answer for everyone to listen yeah. to but honestly like we're just i think we're just you know very grateful that we're able to play yeah you know without sounding too wet about it you know oh. we are we're really grateful about um being able to play these shows and that two people 200 people doesn't oh. matter you know, we love it, and yeah. get to play in front of people. It's the best thing in the world. Like, what, 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 what else is cooler than that? Absolutely, you know? yeah. Every could... single show, basically, every single show is going to kick ass. Every show is going to kick. Okay, then. So, what can we expect from the Rocket Dolls live? Power, 
melody, grunge, passion, groove, lots of groove, and in-your-face intensity. So what's the hardest thing about being on the road? I mean, have you got a minivan? Or... We've got our own big um, splitter van thing. Yeah, we've got our own like Ford Transit, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I would say definitely the hardest thing about, well, there's two hardest things, because one of the first hardest thing is not having a roadie. <laughs> <laughs> it's a stereo, it's a cliche thing, isn't it? But yeah. it's like, Loading in drum kits and all that stuff every single day without anyone helping you is a bit hard. Yeah. But then, um, then also lack of sleep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just lack of sleep is a is a, probably the worst thing actually. Yeah, yeah. Learn to sleep anywhere at any time. Yeah, learn to if you can be able to sleep just like in a corner on cue, that helps. But like yeah, so lack of lack of sleep and also sort of midway through every tour I've ever done, I've got ill. Yeah. I've got like a a tour something you get like poor lurgy yeah but i would definitely say the worst thing is just lack of lack of sleep after a while i think it's lack of sleep yeah okay. because like i mean we put a lot of our, our our tour budget into like you know like travel lodges and stuff mm. um you know and even then it's like you you know you can sleep in one you can sleep in them all but it's the fact that you have to be out by 10 in the morning, but you don't get to the, by 1 o'clock, 2 in the morning. So you right. still only have about five hours or something. Do you know what I mean? So okay. then you got to get ready and then everything else that goes with it, you know. But, like, yeah, it's it's definitely like a sleep. Like, I struggle with sleep at the fucking best of time. Cool. I, I think we all do in the band, actually. Sleep is not one of our strong points. <laughs> but, you know, so when you're on the road and it's always like, oh, oh you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, caffeine pills are a must. Yeah, caffeine pills are a must. <laughs> what band would you most like to tour with if you were given the choice? I would say a dream band would be Nickelback. Yeah. Because they kind of cover all base, well, they sell out everywhere, humongous, yeah. for a start. And then uh, they kind of cover all bases, whether it's kind of like really kind of soft, kind of, you know, pop ballad. But then they'll just crack into like a, a mean riff. Yeah, like a seven-stringed like, Yeah, so nickel, Nickelback. Um, and then there's like Seether. You mentioned Seether, yeah, a Seether. great one. Yeah, yeah. And actually, um, Skin Dread would be really, really fun. Yeah. Because cause they've got, because I saw them live and they've got, you know, Obviously, heavy riffs, but they've also got a very, very sort of party dance vibe about. Yeah, so you just it would, it would just be it just be fun, yeah. you know. So, yeah, Nickelback, see the Skin Dread. Yeah, and maybe Big Wreck. That sounds like a good lineup. Sounds really good. I really like Nickelback. They're like really hated, aren't they, by the metal community? I don't understand I it. Are you sure? Uh, this is my, we've had this conversation before about Nickelback. It. Is that is it not just media because? You know, they're playing Wembley for like three days. Exactly. Yeah, like, I think it must not be. E not even like Deftones, who are like loved by everyone, or Tool mm. can do that. But it's like, you dare admit that you like Nickelback, do you know what I mean? But like you say, how can they sell out the venues? How can they do that, you know? But yeah. <laughs> I fucking love Nickelback. Nickelback, yeah. Sort of going back to what you said earlier, but can you remember the first time you ever played live and how it felt to have people watching you? Um, yeah, I was, um, I was like 14 or 15 and I was I played at Yeovil Ski Lodge in front of 
I don't know, man. There was probably like ten. I don't know. It was like it was as good or as shit as any first gig. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and I was like fifteen or something, and it was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I was, was uh, on, my, on my way. <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. Uh, mine's not as fucking cool as that. Mine was. I've never even heard the original. Uh, we played a cover of a Rembrandt song. Okay. Not the fucking one they did for Friends, but another one. And I've yet to even track it down. I don't even know what it's called. But I, I played it. Um, I played it at the Pomdor Hotel in Jersey, where I'm from. And uh, it was like a school, you know, like a school music summer concert or something like that. Well, no, it wasn't summer. I think it was like October, actually. It was like, you know, like school concert. But like, there'd be a, like an indie band and then like a metal band and then like some acoustic dude. Do you know what I mean? Like just like people like doing their thing. And, um, yeah, that was my first gig. And it was like, I remember telling my mum and dad, don't come. Don't, don't come see me. You know, you're not allowed. You know, and then I remember getting on stage. You just play one song. Like it's not even like a real, but you just play one song and get off. And I remember sitting down, plugging, because uh, I started on bass. So I plugged my bass in. And then I looked out. And I saw my mum and dad and my heart, my heart sank. And I was like, fuck, they're here. <laughs> they're here to see me. And I think I was in like an LS tracksuit. Mm. So I was like rock, but like in a tracksuit. Because uh-huh. that was like the 90s. <laughs> 11 too, dude. I was like 11. <laughs> okay. So I think I know what the answer is going to be to this one then. Which are your two favourite albums of all time? And what do they mean to you personally? Um, my two favourite definitely are the Nevermind by Nirvana. I knew it. It's, a, it's, a number, it's the number one because at the time I was listening to a lot of like, I wasn't really a big music, I didn't really dissect music as a proper music fan at the time. I was listening to a lot of like easy listening, big hits, rec- albums and now whatever, you know, like the now CDs. And so I was just kind of like easy listening and then suddenly I got hold of... Um, Never mind, and it just blew my head, it just blew me away. And um, since then, I just it just a different world opened opened up, and I was just hooked on rock. I just thought the vibe was the coolest. It's loud, it's aggressive, it's it was just ticked every single box. And then after uh, Never Mind, the, my second the second album I bought, which was my other most influential, was Dirt by Alice in Chains, which I think is a fucking phenomenal album still to this day. Those two albums, Nevermind and Dirt, still hold up today as two fantastic, great albums. Yeah, that's the two I knew you'd say. I just knew it. I should have put a bet on that, do you know? And what about you, well, Nicky? For those two albums? Yeah, that's, that's what I thought what it would have used to say. Like, yeah, yeah it's for me as well, man. It's like Nevermind by Nirvana. Changed our lives, though. It, it, changed, it literally changed my life. You know, it really did, you know, because, you know, that was like... For our era, that's our white album, that's our Sgt. Peppers or something, do you know what I mean? or something it's like those albums like I, I can't it's like do you know what I'll quote Noel Gallagher on this because 
he said something fucking amazing about Nevermind. He said, you know, that album's so amazing that every time you hear it, it still sounds like the future of rock. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, that is fucking an outstanding quote to quote, like to paraphrase Noel Gallagher. <laughs> Absolutely. Because every time you hear it, you just think, man, like, if when you hear it on the radio, right, you know, and then it's like, you know, like In Bloom or something comes on, you know, or something like that, or like Stay Away or something, we get like that, wow, no, it's like, it's like, that's the best thing I've ever heard in my fucking damn life, like hearing that. And you go like, what is better than that? Yeah. Like, you, you hear that, and then, like, they'll put something else on which is new, you know, after the team, like, man, that doesn't fucking cut that. And the, and, the, and the drum production still kicks ass. It's still the best fucking drum sound. It's still the best, the be you, you won't find a better drum on a rock album. Like, it still holds up to me, in my opinion, anyway, is the best rock drum sound of all time on any rock album. Absolutely. Loud, heavy rock album. Yes. Yeah, still. Definitely. Awesome. It was done by Butch Vig and it was mixed by Andy Wallace. I mean, it's like, that's like yeah. the fucking dream team. Andy Wallace is like 70 years old now, still <laughs> like mixing shit. That's a dream, like, man, it, it's still knocking around because we get that stuff mixed by Andy Wallace. Mm. People probably say no. The other one for me was Performance and Cocktails by the Stereophonics. Like, they're like, I remember, like, because obviously it was like massive, that opened the door for me, but. That album was one of the first albums I like, discovered by myself. It wasn't someone putting it in my hand. And, you know, I, the first time I heard Bartender and the Thief, I saw it on um, Zane Lowe's show called Gonzo on MTV2. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me sound old, you know, but I remember it. And it just, it was, it was very similar to, for me, having that nevermind thing of hearing it and just going, wow, what is this? And it was the same thing. It was like these three Welsh dudes that didn't look anything special. But then you hear them, you're like, holy fuck, that's three people making that noise. You know, and then you hear Kelly Jones's voice. He's still today one of the best rock singers like out there. You know, like what an unbelievable like talent that guy is. You know, and like for me, like yeah, performance and cocktails. I mean, that album's like 19 years old at the moment, which is horrible. One possession could you not live without right now? It's quite. Um, it's a bit of a no-brainer at the minute. My drums, because we're about to go on tour. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if, if it wasn't my drums, then I'd probably, um, I really haven't thought about this. <laughs> um, probably, uh, I'd say my phone. Just the amount of messages I get all the time. Yeah. It'll just be like, without my phone, it's like anything, isn't it? It's yeah, like, that's it, man. Mine's my guitar. Uh -huh. Like, you know, if I'm not, like, asleep or working, uh -huh. I've got a guitar in my hand, you know? Can you give me four words to describe the Rocket Dolls? Grunge, melodic, groove, attitude. Festival or small intimate gig? Uh, both. Both. Cool. Because, we both, can't, we can't we choose. We can't choose. They're both different. They're both amazing in different ways. Yeah, exactly. And we don't really have too much festival experience. So yeah. on, the, on the premise of that, I'll say small show. Yeah, but, that's going to happen. We, but sure. we are doing things like Rambling Man and stuff this year, so exactly. it's kind of like that will be, I'd, you'd be hard to top that. Exactly. Fish and chips or beer? Beer. Beer. <laughs> it's got to be done, hasn't it? Okay, Alice in Chains or Nirvana? Fucking hell, man. It's like saying, would you prefer your mum or your dad? <laughs> you have to say, well, for us anyway, we have to say both. Yeah. Because they both, they were the, 
I mean, Nirvana and Alice in Chains were literally the two, you know, Nevermind and Dirt were the t my two most influential albums of all time, so I can't choose either one or the other. That's a bit of a no-brainer, that question. I'll change that one then. How about... Have your left leg or your right leg. I'll tell you what, I'm going to say Soundgarden. I was going to say, man, I was going to say Soundgarden or Pearl Jam. That was my next one. I was going to try that. For me, yeah, if you say Soundgarden, I'll say Silverchair. There you go. Not too much Pearl Jam, really, to be honest. There's a couple of things, but I think Chris Cornell and Soundgarden probably... In fact, last thing on my mind on our album... is heavily influenced. It's... Really influenced by Silverchair. Yeah. Donald Trump or the Swedish chef in the Muppets? Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Do you have any final words for our listeners and your fans? I love you all. You're great. We really appreciate it all because um, it, it's a stereotypical cliche thing, but it's meant, without the fans, we wouldn't be here. Yeah. Because we really appreciate all the love and support. Yeah. Really do. And um, it really means the world to us. And anybody who's listening, thank you very, very much. Absolutely. We appreciate it. This is Nicky Smash. This is Benji Novler from the Rocket Dolls. You are listening to the Metal Gods and Meltdown. Into the end, yeah.